This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I could burst into song at any moment, and I'm Evan. I have bursted into song at this moment, and I am Ronnie. You sure have. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently saying... Fuck the rules and covering a two season <laughs> show, Hulu's Gallivant. It's, was it produced by Hulu? No, but it's on no, Hulu it, now. It was originally an ABC <laughs> it, ABC it's, joint. It's on the Hulu. Uh, so before we get into that, though, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the bit? Um, I don't have one. Uh, I've been trying oh, real no. hard to think of one, and I don't. I don't have one. I asked Kim for a bit, housemate Kim, and all of housemates Kim's ideas were uh, not not very good. <laughs> um, oh, so, gosh. uh, oh, yeah, good thing they don't I, I don't listen. Know. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> what's a what's a TV show that has a musical episode, but it's not a musical that you like. I don't know. Is that a bit? Is that? That's something. Is that anything? Is there anything yeah, there? Something. Uh, my pick would be Community. Oh mm. yeah, they mm-hmm. they got a good, good uh the 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 drama the Glee Club episode right. Uh, I don't remember specifically which the musical episode is, but I know that there's at least one musical episode. There's a lot of episodes of Community. Mm-hmm. They're all good. The the song Troy and Abadu is very good about Troy being a Jehovah's Witness but wanting to experience Christmas. It's good. It's a good song. I don't remember any of the songs or anything explicitly about it, but I was I, I was a big fan. We talked about this last time just off mic, but I was a big fan of the Drew Carey show. Uh, and they mm. had several musical episodes. They did some things with that show. Um, mm. they, they they did they tried some lots of stuff. And they did a lot of musical episodes, and it was a ton of fun. Just remember uh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey, solid dude. Drew Carey uh, always got very into it. it was very it was always very, uh, very fun. Uh, I, 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 again, I, this is something I talked to y'all about, but not on on the podcast. It is a show that is fully lost to time. So I'd love to go back and watch them, uh, but without uh trying to buy a, a VHS off some guy in Cleveland. I'm never gonna see any episodes of Drew Carey, even the musical ones. So uh mm. especially the musical ones, because I believe it is a musical music rights issue. Um but yeah, I remember Drew Carey show having some really fun big band uh Busby Berkeley numbers that I really loved. That's fun. Look at that. Yeah. We're learning. This is a good bit. It's a great bit. Good good bit, Andy. Uh, it's got to be the Buffy 
episode once more with feel sure. uh just spike's song is an absolute banger it moves the plot forward uh it is uh a little problematic because xander did get people killed because of the music demon and everyone just kind of is like ah oh, xander scamp and like moves on and it's like wait but no like there were there were very real ramifications to inflicting this music demon on the town. Like people fucking died, but, uh, you know, the spike song is great. And I think, uh, it was worth it. I'm happy those people died so that we got that song. <laughs> James Marsters is a great singer. So. I always James Marsters, not James Marston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Marston, oh, um, it was ne- uh, Cyclops. Right, Marster yes. I'll never get it right. Yeah. I'll never get it right. If James Marston was on any episode of Buffy, then I'm I'm screwed. I'll never I'll never figure it out. Uh James Marston was in Enchanted. And Marsters Enchanted. was in The Runaways. Marsters was in The Runaways? The Buffy one was in Torchwood and he made out with uh, uh Jack Harkness. Yeah, his uh his girlfriend at the time thought it was really sexy um and <laughs> like, to kept, see that kept asking the director to like do another take mm. uh and he was just like uh john barrowman thought it was hilarious and marsters was like look the director says we got to do another take we got to do another take and barrowman <laughs> was like really tickled it was like are you sure like you're you're a straight guy right he's like my character ain't though <laughs> Real champ, James mm-hmm. Marsters, true ally. That's fun. All right, let's talk about Gallivant. Uh, yeah. We watched three episodes of Gallivant, and we watched the pilot, Just Friends, and Two Balls. And uh, Evan, why don't you do that recap for us? I'm Ronnie now. I'm just doing the Ronnie shit. Do the Ronnie stuff. Uh, yeah. You know Evan, I gotta what's... ask. <laughs> well, not yet. Don't ask it yet. <laughs> we got. We got to hear what this show is all about. Uh, yeah, episode one, pilot. Uh, it's in classic pilot style, it has to establish all the players in the conflict. So, in a musical opening number, they establish Gallivant, our hero, a knight, uh, who has a girlfriend, Madalena, and uh, they're very much in love. And the king, King Richard, uh, like kidnaps her but then she realizes like oh uh living in a castle is cool and so when gallivant comes to rescue her she's like you know i'm gonna stay actually um sorry man uh so gallivant's depressed he's uh living in squalor he's drinking heavily and a woman comes to him claiming to be the the princess princess of Valencia which is a weird name to choose for your like fantasy show because that's a real place um uh Isabella of Valencia comes to him and she's like uh look my uh my parents are captives of uh King Richard and if you help me rescue them and save my kingdom and all my people I'll give you this gem uh, but it's all a ruse. Uh, King Richard does have Isabella's parents captive, but he uses this as leverage 
against her. He says, if you go and convince uh, Gallivant to come here so that I can kill him because I hate him because my wife keeps unfavorably comparing me to him, then I will let your parents go and uh, stop, like, fucking up your land and murdering all your people and stuff. So, uh, Gallivant believes that, uh, Madalena, his girlfriend, regrets her decision, and he's going to rescue her again and kill King Richard with the help of this woman, uh, Isabella, and he's gonna help her along the way. But in fact, Isabella is is gonna pull a double cross, presumably, because, uh, she's working for King Richard. Episode two. Joust friends, so they need money because they're uh, traveling far away to wherever King Richard is. And so they enter a joust, um, but Gallivant is actually pretty incompetent. I'm sure that the fact that he's been uh, not taking care of himself for the last year has something to do with it. Uh, and like he's not doing super hot. So they uh, they put up Isabella's jewel of Valencia that she has, you know, included in this deal to save her parents as collateral. And then they like pull some tricks to get uh Gallivant through like the first couple of rounds. They're just like, uh, he shouldn't have to do the other rounds. He's a knight. And they're like, okay. Um, and then they have a training montage, but then after the training montage, Gallivant is too sore to actually joust. So him and this other antagonist knight who's been uh, a douche the the whole episode uh, have a very funny joust wherein the antagonist knight has been uh, given something that gave him an upset tummy by Isabella and uh, Gallivant is um, like basically unable to move because all of his muscles hurt too much. And so they have a, an extremely funny uh like slow motion <laughs> joust um meanwhile uh king richard is trying to convince his wife uh gallivant's ex-girlfriend that he's cool actually and she should be with him uh so his like bodyguard guy tries to train him to be more manly so that she will like him it's not going super great but it's very funny um, episode three, I haven't mentioned Sydney to this point, but, uh, Gallivant has a squire named Sydney and, uh, they stop in Sydney's hometown and there's statues of him and everyone's so excited to see him. And they're just, uh, like treating him like a celebrity and Gallivant's like, this is weird. What the fuck is up with this? And Sydney's like, oops, I might have sort of implied in all my letters home that I was the knight and you were the squire and I was a big hero having big hero adventures. Um, so my whole, t I'm like the hero of the whole town because, you know, they, they all, uh, we're, we're very tight knit and they were all involved in raising me. And, uh, now they're very invested in my success. So I'm going to need you to pretend to be my squire for like the next several days. So, um, uh, Isabella pretends to be his fiance, and Gallivant pretends to be his squire while they are here, 
Uh, and Gallivant learns an important lesson about how much it sucks to be a squire and how he doesn't appreciate Sydney enough. Um, meanwhile, uh, King Richard decides to have a ball for the people of Valencia, which you will recall is the the region that he has conquered uh, to win his wife's favor by proving to her that he is uh, kind and generous as well as tough and manly, I guess. Um, so he, he puts together a party uh, for the people that he has, uh, you know, been uh, uh, harassing and killing and uh, conquering for the last however long. Um, and it's in really poor taste and it goes really bad. And it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what happens. Uh, we watched three of these episodes, as Evan just laid out so nicely. Three. And I'll say this again. 22-minute episodes. I, I, Not that I would have disliked if these episodes went on longer, but it is, mm, 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 it is so tasty. It is so tasty when they're just 22-minute episodes. I do not dislike it. Um... Uh, but I gotta, but I do gotta, in fact, ask it. Uh, hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These three episodes of ABC's Gallivant, did they work for you? Oh, boy, they sure did, Ronnie. Shit's, shit's real bad out there right now. And, mm -hmm. um, it was, it was really nice to watch this show this week. Very good. Very good. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Three whole episodes of Gallivant by ABC. Mm -hmm. Did did these three work for you? I'm delighted to say that they did, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. The, I I was just short chortling all the way through, just having a sensible chuckle <laughs> all all the time. Excellent, excellent uh, viewing experience. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. You want to do the thing? No. Okay. Hey, Ronnie. I'm did... tired. You know, it's been it's been a long it's been a long sure. while. You got this, babe. Okay. I believe in you. Did these three episodes of Gallivant work for you? Uh, yeah, they worked for me. What do you What do you think this is? What do you think this is? Some kind of a not Ronnie podcast where not yeah. Ronnie's here. This would have to be the Dagaverse for Ronnie to uh -huh. be able to find it in his heart to dislike. Yeah, this Shadow shot. Ronnie hates this. Shadow yeah. Ronnie is not on board. Oh, I don't yeah. like Shadow Ronnie. No, no, Shadow Ronnie sucks. He uh, is very heterosexual and uh, uh, is a big jock. Um, Chad Ronnie. If yeah, you Chad will. Ronnie. You might know him from high school. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I love this. It's musical theater. It's comedy. It's uh. It, it's it's like sitcom aesthetics. Uh, it's it's everything I want and more. Uh, so I I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan. Um, I'll just kick it right off. It is it's like it's perfect. It's got everything. It's got everything you could want. You want a little bit of of like I said, some sitcom. The writers on this are all like sitcom or like drama TV writers. It's got it. You want musical theater that's kind of like self aware but not like annoyingly so. You got it. You want like 
Monty Python and the Holy Grail levels of just like one-liners and jokes and bits that are just a little bit kind of kooky and weird. We got it up in this Galavan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I, I'm so delighted you both like it. Uh, I had a feeling you both would. It's a good show. It's a really mm-hmm. good show. I have a weird compliment. I was pleasantly surprised by how good the costumes are in it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, they really, like, they could have phoned it in. And the locations. Yeah, they they could have fully done some young Hercules shit. And, the, like, it's funny enough that it would have been fine. Like, nobody would have cared because it's, like, it's not a serious show. It's not a period show. But, like, I suspect that some of the the extras and stuff were, like, um, uh, like medieval larpers or something like that because there was a lot of like now it was from a mix of eras it it was it was kind of a a mashup of several hundred years worth of like clothing elements but there was like some surprisingly uh accurate real clothes that were like medieval clothes you know Mm -hmm. It, it all looked very good and like the yeah they filmed in like an actual castle for the castle scenes it's not like a green screen or whatever it looks really nice. And they, they ain't got to go that hard, but they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was I was going through like who who created this show? Because it's just like it, it 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 seems like somebody was at the core of this show that made this thing happen. And then everyone else were just like bit players. But it really like I'm looking. I, I did see like the, the costume designers and they're like costume designers off of Downton Abbey. And all of these at East Enders and all these British shows that are just like, yeah, yeah, it's it. What what I'm realizing it it is not like one person who brings us all together. It is a true like collaboration of all these people who just know what the fuck they're doing in their own world. And they're just like, hey, you you got some of your Alan Menken in my Dan Fogelson. You got some of your uh, costume designer for Downton Abbey in my uh perfect uh king john um it's just it's it is a real um an ensemble piece and i'm i'm i just i'm loving it i'm loving it yeah and it is genuinely very funny uh Mm -hmm. the songs are catchy like they're not super complex they're not like fucking they're not they're not rocket science songs but they're catchy they're fun little ditties and they um they they advance the plot well you know you've got like comedy and some uh some exposition happening in the songs Mm -hmm. you learn some things about the characters in the songs they're self-aware about the songs they comment Mm -hmm. on the songs happening the fact that ronnie pointed out is that they're not too self-aware yeah. And I think right. that's very important. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not they're not making fun of the songs in the show. They'll just occasionally remark on the fact that a song is happening like as though right. it's a neutral factor of this world. Mm-hmm. Um and that that's important because when you get like cynical about it. Right. Um that's not fun. Like I know everybody was gaga about um what's that movie? The live action movie. Uh, that Disney did making fun of Disney Enchanted. stuff. Enchanted. Enchanted. We talked about it earlier yeah. in the podcast, a callback yeah. to James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> but like Enchanted, I found to be very tiresome. Like, uh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it. It's weird that they're breaking out in song. It's not 
though, because it's a musical. Like this is a it's universe. It's the difference between it being a caricature and an homage. And this yeah. is like to to all like it's not just an homage to like musical theater. It is an homage to like I said, to Monty Python, to Princess Bride, to like all of these things, to to just like genuine like sitcom TV. Like it is it is very uh like I said, they, very I, like you said, yes, very self aware, but not cynical. Um not uh, self-deprecating to any I, degree. I almost don't want to call it an homage because I feel like it's just the natural successor. Sure, sure. No, for sure. Like, it It feels like the next step. Uh, to your point about it uh, being self-aware and also, uh, like, I guess referential is what you would say. It's referential mm-hmm. to yes. sitcoms. John Stamos is in it. He's the he's the antagonist knight playing a character named John Ham. Yeah, which is delicious. It's very, very fun. funny, and he's like really he's like really doing it up. Poss- he's like really going for it. Possibly the best joke in the show thus far. Yeah, yeah, um, very good. There's, <laughs> uh, he says to Gallivant, "I like your beard," and Gallivant touches his facial hair and goes like, "Thanks, I just grew it out." And then John Hamm looks at the uh, looks at Isabella and says, no, I'm, I was talking about her. No, and he says, he says, oh, the facial hair is nice, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. And uh, I fucking died laughing. It's so mm. funny. Uh, this show threads the needle of uh, one of my favorite slash most hated tropes of the love triangle that is actually two uh bisexual men who are actually in love with each other but can't admit it mm. which can be horrible but can also be great mm-hmm. it's, and this is very this is that but done very well and uh John Stamos calling it out like that was was very spicy John Stamos and, and this is one of the things that I do love about it um this will sound like a couple of insults, but it's it's like I truly love it. John Stamos's British accent, horrible, terrible, like, absolutely. I, but it's like it he, works. It's not like it's not commented upon. It's not. I like, thought he was trying to do a French one. I thought he was trying to do a German accent. So that should really <laughs> tell you something about what he but sounded it's not, like. He he's not like being. It's not a caricature of whatever accent. He's just doing an accent, and it's not great. The the Alan Menken songs we have, like you said, they're not like super complex. I haven't really gotten one where I'm like hum hum mumble melodies in my head kind of thing. But you're just pumping them out. You're just making it happen. You're just doing it, and you're not being like, and this song's not actually very good. Like. You're just you're just moving forward and accepting the world as it is. And like, I love that. I just love that. Like, it's this musical theater piece where like the songs are a part of it, but it's not like based around the songs. The songs are just like plot devices. It It is. And to know that Alan Menken, who, if you don't know, is the most uh, I don't want to say underrated, but he is out like the ratio of like credit he gets to the work that he is doing out here. If you like a Disney song, it's probably Alan Menken that, that wrote it. Um, like, you know, he can deliver some hits. And the fact that he's just out here being like, Nope, this one is uh, the fourth 
song that I'm making for this one particular episode of Gallivant. I'm out here to do a fun job and make it and cut a check. We're just cut print. Like, like it is, it, it feels like the first draft of, of a lot of things. And it works because it is sincere. It is authentic in that way. It's not overproduced or overwritten or, you know, n- no songs stand out like, amazing amongst the rest of them which is good because it's just all a part of this this very um procedural sitcoms procedural thing that we're doing with the rest of the plot it just it really all of the cogs are working together to make this a really some the whole is greater than the sum of the parts thing and i i love it i love it uh can i say my second favorite joke ronnie yeah Every bit with the executioners. That yes. was that was gonna be my so next. Very funny. Fucking the, funny. The drum thing was I I so goddamn that was, funny. That was probably the the most uh uh audible laugh I had throughout the whole thing. Uh, when the, the they when he's putting together this inappropriate in poor taste party for the people he has conquered. Uh, they're trying to find musicians, and uh, his bodyguard is like oh the the our team of executioners actually formed a band they're not bad they're pretty good do you want to hire them to play your party because he executed all the other bards in the labs (laughs) um and so uh the 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 one guy is like oh yeah so-and-so is a drummer and he he uh he he starts playing that that funeral march that they play when people are walking up to be hanged and it's very funny it's not funny when I'm describing it. You just have to believe me that it's really funny. Done. Done. Da da done. 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 Da da done. It's so good. Uh, and then they uh, come out at the party and play. Yeah. A fun song. Uh, dance dance till you're dance till you're dead or whatever. Dance mm-hmm. on the way to your death. Um This ep- episode two, or episode, I guess, uh episode two and three. Uh, had some very fun songs uh, that really stuck out. And I, I enjoyed them a lot. I know I just said that none of them stuck out, but none of them stick out that they're like super uh, sophisticated more than the others. Uh, they definitely have some good songs. Who's everyone's favorite character so far? I'm curious. It's tough. Uh, they're they're all pretty great. I think mine's I think Sydney. I think I like King Richard. I think I I think it's King Richard's bodyguard. Mm. That's very. It's tough fun. because I do love King Richard. He's mm-hmm. he's uh he's very swishy, and yeah. I love mm-hmm. that in a good villain. Mm-hmm. And he's obsessed with Gallivant, which uh, mm-hmm. is very gay because Gallivant's very hot. They do a little bit of like in episode two that it's it's all about like manning up for for uh the, his wife. And in any other show, I'd be like, ah, oh, come on. Like, this is this is not. But the show is like so clearly in on the joke. It's, like, it's it making is, fun of that idea. Yeah. 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 It, it's just like it's it's very they, they, they use some like choice of words where it's like, uh, but it is it, it's so it's so good. It's so good. He like is like, I am a man. I'm a very masculine man. And then he stands up. He's like, oh, no, I got gravy on my tummy flowers. <laughs> it's just, uh, his, his delivery is very good. His, 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 uh, the character that he has kind of crafted for this King Richard is just I, very spot on. 
I liked the joke the bodyguard did where the king tries to, to hug him and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The only man I've ever hugged was my father the day he died. I crushed that old bastard right to death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whenever he, he runs commentary on the on Richard not knowing that the queen is fucking the jester is very funny yeah. too. the, the running funny. joke that the jester is terrible at comedy but he like has this position because the queen is fucking him is, is very funny mm-hmm. and it is uh, established in the first episode that anytime there is like a narrator singing about mm-hmm. the plot and it's not on screen. It is the jester singing yeah, yeah, from yeah. like the queen's bedchamber window mm-hmm. about Gallivant, which is very fun. Just like very, just so fun. I, it's so fun. It's just like it's 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 weird. It's unique. It's it's really doing something. Um, and and it's it's just it's hitting just enough that you don't really recognize if it's not hitting. Um, like pushing daisies and uh. I would say like Kings, this show is too weird to have like lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Like Teenage Bounty Hunters is also weird, but I think Teenage Bounty Hunters like had enough broad appeal that it it could have lasted longer. But like Gallivan and Pushing Daisies didn't stand a fucking chance. They're too bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's very niche. It's very you have to like I, I would say I would say there is something there for everyone, but I'm wondering if you kind of have to enjoy all of those pieces of the pie in order to enjoy the whole thing. If you have to like musical theater and also Monty Python and also sitcoms and also, uh, you know, all, all the pieces that bring it together. I almost wonder if this show could have lasted now with like this resurgence of how popular like Dungeons and Dragons is and like medieval fantasy in general is getting like, a really big push right now in the post Game of Thrones world where everyone's trying to find the next medieval fantasy thing, whether it be mm-hmm. Wheel of Time or the Lord of the Rings show or Critical Role being made into a cartoon. Like, I almost wonder if Gallivant, if it had come out now, if it would have survived longer. Remember that like year and a half where every article was like, show that has nothing to do with Game of Thrones is the next Game of Thrones. (laughs) Like, any kind of prestige adaptation of anything, even if it wasn't that prestige-y, was like, Thing is the next Game of Thrones. I remember they said the Golden Compass show. Yes, I was gonna say, the Golden Compass was the the big one that was touted. It's not the only one, though. That's the one that came to mind because Mm -hmm, they leaned mm -hmm. on it heavily in the, the advertising, but like, it was a lot of shows for yeah. like a year and a half. They were just like, Thing is the next Game of Thrones. Is mm-hmm. Thing the next Game of Thrones? This other thing is the next Game of Thrones. This thing is like Game of Thrones with Thing that has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Like <laughs> Game of Thrones yeah. with Housewives or some <laughs> some nonsense like that. Sorry, tangent, but like, oh God, that dark yeah. era in media making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Gosh, after after John Stamos and, and Gallivant knock each other off the horse after like jousting each other very slowly for such a long time, there's just a scene of them kind of like 
writhing on the ground and both of the horses just have slowly trotted off the screen the same direction and it was just very a very good bit Evan screamed out that as soon as that happened he was like that was a better joust than full metal joust I was saying I was saying so far everything we've seen has been better than all of full metal joust that was a more entertaining minute and a half of Mm -hmm. of show than the mm-hmm. entirety of any given episode of Full Metal Jousting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This didn't end with a horse getting cold clocked in the fucking jaw, so <laughs> it didn't quite trust, do it for I me. I trust that no horses were punched on the set of Gallivant, and I yeah. feel good. There about was an that. audience for for Gallivant's jousting yeah, already. There already was an far audience. away. Yeah. Oh boy. So fun. So fun. Uh, yeah, I just I, it it doesn't take itself too seriously, but. It takes it. It takes itself sincerely, um, mm. and, and I, I just I I I can't uh, hammer on that point enough. How 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 far that takes this? How how much that carries this? Everyone has bought into this show. Yeah. Every yeah. single character, every single extra has bought into the concept. And like, there's stuff here that I feel like kind of nitpicky fantasy fans would take issue with, whether it be the singing or like. Gallivant sometimes holds his sword wrong or Gallivant and Isabella have a duel where he's using a broadsword and she's using a foil and like that, you know, like shit like that. I could see like driving a certain kind of fan up the wall. But if you are willing to like be a fucking normal person and touch some grass and like come back and just have a good ass time with this really funny show, then you can do that. Also, importantly to me, it's not mean spirited. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really don't like like family guy style humor or like South Park style humor. That was very trendy for a long fucking time. Um, But uh, the, the episode where Sydney pretends to be, uh, a knight and Gallivant has to pretend to be his squire. Uh, Gallivant truly learned something that day. Mm-hmm. His heart grew two sizes that day. And like in a less kind, meaner show, uh, Gallivant would have just been like carried on being a jerk. It, it would have mm-hmm. been played for laughs that uh, like, Gallivant had to do the shitty job for one episode, but then he would have gone right back to being a shitty asshole to his squire, but he didn't. Or he, had... he would have ruined it for Sid. Yeah, yeah, or he would have, like, uh, uh, blown up Sid's spot and, like, tattled on him and made his whole family ashamed of him, but that's that's not what happened. It was a good, good episode. Uh, a meaner show, too, would have, like done something uncomfortable with Sid's Jewish family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like, uh, speaking of homage, it felt like kind of a call out to like the style of humor of like Mel Brooks of being yes. like yeah. Mel Brooks is uh, like the father of this genre of comedy. And so we were going to have an episode, uh, you know, about that, or it felt like a, a shout out to um, the the Jewish couple in fucking uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Mag- Magical Max. Yeah, like it just felt like 
it didn't feel weird for the show to all of a sudden be like this episode, we're going to have a bunch of Jewish side characters and they're going to talk about being Jewish and Sid is Jewish. I kept waiting for like, oh, no, is 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 there going to be a joke that's shitty? And there wasn't. It was just it's just a fun fact about Sid. He's got a Jewish family and they love him and they're super proud of him. The whole that that uh, oi, what a night song. Oh, that was very fun. I did, so I did definitely enjoy it. Very Mel Brooksy. Very. There's a line in there that he puts the sir in circumcision. Yes. Um, it's so it's funny. Just, it is. It is very clever. Very well done. That one was one where I was like, okay, this is this is a toe tapper. This is one that I, I might get stuck in my head. Uh, this oh. is not just like a scribble it off the page and send it to the to the office real quick. This one was very well done. That and um in the previous episode there was a. Uh, um, maybe you're not the worst. I think it was called. Um, that was sung by. Oh yeah, both, the every uh, every heterosexual couple's anthem. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 slowly starting to be okay with you. Um, and uh, the, yeah, maybe you're not the worst thing ever. That is sung by both uh, King Richard. And his I, I, malaise. I, I, I want to stop calling her just King Richard's I, wife. I call um, her. I, I've just been calling her girl boss in my head, which Queen Madalena. Queen Madalena. Yeah, she's great, by the way. She's an excellent. She is also villain. very good. Yeah, definitely. She is played up in the um, the first two minutes of the show uh, in like the introductory, like expository number as being just kind of like a muse or just like a, 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 a just the companion to Gallivant um, and the, a, a damsel to be rescued. And they do flip that on its head in a fun way. Um, and also, yes, she girl bosses it up. She, she girl bosses and she's very fun and she gets to enjoy lots of, of sex puns when it comes to uh, the jester. I felt very seen by Sid's love of miniatures. Yeah. And the people around him not understanding. <laughs> love, love that. Felt very seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good show. It's very fun. Very fun. I, I... I, I watched it when it aired. Mm-hmm. Um... And I did not finish season two. Uh, it looks like season two aired in 2015. And I don't know exactly what happened, what I didn't, f- like, that stopped me from finishing it. But uh, probably grad school. Probably grad sure. school was involved in me not catching the end of it. So, I'm, like, rewatching it now for the first time since 2014, uh, when season one aired, uh, fucking holds up. Mm-hmm. Like coming back to it, it's yeah. super funny. I I really don't remember much, uh, so it's I just remembered I liked it, and it was a musical. So, and I think the fact that it does hold up speaks to what Evan was saying about like you know that irreverent form of comedy, the comedy that comedians are like, this is my job. I'm here to challenge people and Ooh, really make, make people them. uncomfortable. Yeah, like. <laughs> It just like that has such a shelf life to it. And this just goes to show like if you just do a thing that's just funny and sincere and like a little dirty at times, but not like, uh, you know, pushing the boundaries of comedy, 
um it just it just holds up and it has a as a much longer tail than something that you would make just getting like cheap laughs uh out of uh shock and awe i think stephen fry said like better sexy and racy than sexist and racist or something there you like go that. i just thought it was very cute yeah um good cast there, 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 there's so much that can be said about this um but yeah, yeah. It's, it's I don't all... think I I don't think I have any negatives for a change. No, I really don't. Yeah, like I mean if I were to be really really nitpicky, like really nitpicky, there are a couple of jokes that maybe go on a little bit too long, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like they do drag them on a little past their expiration date, but like there's still such good stuff in there that you really don't dwell on it, you know? But even like then, every like no- yeah. Th- there's a there's a bit which like I I actually like this. I don't I don't think this is a bit that went on too long, but I could see how it would. Where uh the chef is like the son of the chef that uh the king killed and also killed his grandfather and just and like th- it is it is so Monty Python. Like this actor is like it, he looks like the berries and cream lad, and it's just it's it's very very Monty Python. But they keep coming back to it. I'm just like I killed your father, right? Killed him dead. He's very dead, my lord. <laughs> it's just like it's very it, it 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 is honoring its own subject matter as much as it is honoring the things that it is referencing. And like I just it's it, it's it's fun. It's great. I can't believe that I didn't manage to bring up the chef before you did because the chef might be my favorite part. The chef is so that good. Little, that twiggy little man, that tiny little man with his silly teeth and his silly hat. That that actor is so perfectly cast. I feel like I'm making fun of him now. I'm not making fun of him. I'm sure he just looks perfectly regular when he's wearing perfectly regular clothes. But he's making a silly face the whole time, and he's just kind of a gangly guy, and he's got this... Well, it's the great. character he stands next to the most is the bodyguard who fucking yeah. played the juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> they have him next to, I'm the juggernaut, you bitch. Like... That is who they constantly stand this tiny man next to. So he just looks even smaller. <laughs> so good. So it, 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 it like the fact that like this like ostensibly nothing character is like a part of the trio of bad guys is just like <laughs> he is very much like I'm just happy to be here and he's playing it very well. It's fun. It's fun. Have I mentioned that it's fun and good and I love it? Because I want to really, really emphasize that. Yeah, I uh, we watched these three episodes like in one sitting, and I could have mm-hmm. watched a few more. Yeah. It's very watchable. Uh, King Richard, just as like a fun little note, has been in pretty much every uh, Star Wars video game from the last like twenty years. That's fun. Yeah, uh, it seems like he does like quite a bit of voice work, which uh, I feel like shines through in Galavan. You know, it feels like he is like having just the gayest time outside of the recording booth. Mm-hmm. This is this is a piece of trivia that I, I think it may resonate with you, Andy. I'm not sure if you've seen this version. It was just the top one when I on the IMDb page when I was looking over it last night. Um, Timothy Omanson, who is the guy who plays King Richard, um, he based his King Richard voice on uh, Prince John from the 1973 Robin Hood. Uh, is that an, is that Errol Flynn? Is that Errol Flynn? Uh, oh no, it's the, it's the Disney one. 
Um, I, I can see he, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he didn't. I'm reading here. He didn't realize that he was doing that until a journalist brought it up to him like years later. And he was like, oh, oh, no, that had totally seeped in through osmosis. And that is exactly what I was doing. I was doing like an impersonation of Prince John from Robin Hood. It it felt very similar to Toby Stevens portrayal of Prince John from the BBC Robin Hood TV show of the early aughts. Mm. Um, so I wonder if they were both just like accidentally inspired or maybe sure. directly inspired by the uh, animated Fox one. The objectively best Robin Hood. Yeah. I will mm. be taking no criticism at this I time. I mean, the, the best is the 1937 Earl Flynn one, but uh, Disney, Disney Fox one is uh, second best. I have I have no I have no as we've talked about I have not seen anything and so um I mean yeah I I I could sit here and talk about how much I love this show forever and ever but we should probably uh, uh move along and uh and and get on with our lives so we can watch more episodes I didn't realize these were 22 minutes can we watch like five of these next time I was sure. dying to watch more this yeah. week so yeah we can watch like five yeah, we're gonna watch five. This is this is maybe we should a, do four. I feel like five will have too many jokes to talk about. That's fair. That's fair. And let's really next time because I feel like this is a very joke, like five jokes a page kind of thing that like we let slip. There was a, an anachronism that I loved um, uh, when Sid was talking about being adopted. He's like, you know how they say, you know, it takes a village, and Isabel and and Galvin are like, no, no, and Galvin goes, I don't think they've invented that yet. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when when Isabella like tried to get uh Sid's parents to like read something, they were like, "We don't read." Yeah, neither of us know how to read. We're villagers <laughs> in the Middle Ages. Uh, I was cracking up. She goes, she goes. Your son with an O became my son with a U, and they just stand there staring at her. And there's like an awkward silence, and they're like, "No, we can't read." <laughs> It's one thing to be like the joke went over their head. It's like, no, no, we don't understand the English language. The written language is lost on us. <laughs> oh, so good. We'll, we'll we'll really key in on some of those excellent, yeah. excellent jokes next time. I'm gonna r- write down some jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll watch for um, the beard joke is, is the beard is still good. so good. Um, they they do like a your mama thing back and forth. Him and John Stamos. Yeah. And it, I, I forget what year, but he's like, it's like, it's like. 1420 like it the your mama jokes are done they're over with <laughs> um yeah we'll watch four more next time um this is a f- real fun one to follow along with us on please do uh i know that travis mcelroy is a big fan of this show and i am we have lots of episodes to cover this and i am uh maybe gonna gonna play a card or two to to, to get travis mcelroy uh on this show who knows you, the audience, have more pool than we do, I think, so so tell them about it. Um, I would love to talk with, about this show with more people who love this show. Mm-hmm. Especially if they have more Twitter followers than us. <laughs> Especially if they can tweet their link out to a McElroy-based audience. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at PendingPod. You can head over to wheretheymay.com. Uh, get access to our merch store, to our Patreon, 
Uh, just like we said last week, just added good neighbors to the Patreon. There's going to be lots of cool stuff coming soon. Uh, good neighbors enter entering their final arc. Very exciting um, of the of the uh, first campaign, the the Constance Constance. Uh, who knows what year it is campaign? Um, so jump on that. Still time to 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 watch through that, and and then you'll get all the jokes that are on all the T-shirts that enter our merch store very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out that Patreon directly at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, and uh, yeah, go go check out Force Friends Rewatch. Go check out uh, Fan Fiction is good, actually. Um, I wore my Fan Fiction is good, actually, T-shirt around the other day, and I felt I like I got you. some eyes reading I it. And it's you. like, what's that? I said I saw you in a TikTok wearing it. Yes, yes, indeed you did. Indeed you did. I love that shirt. It's a very good shirt. Um, and uh, I love it. I love a podcast where like just the merch itself, just the artwork, the title makes a statement. You know what I mean? It's like maybe that's a podcast, and maybe it's just a true fact that I'm wearing a T-shirt about. And it's both. <laughs> it's good times. Um, merch, everything at wherethemade.com. Uh, Andy, how do we how do we end these episodes? Oh boy, I don't remember what. A... Give give money to trans people. Like I don't know, it's, mm-hmm. it's rough out there. Donate to uh, Ukraine. Donate to to aid organizations in Ukraine. Where they may radio.